A single note that you play today has the potential to echo through eternity. I'll say it in a much less poetic way. The things we do can last in other people's minds for a long, long time. Sometimes it comes back to you. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it comes back to you without you even knowing it. In high school, I did something that reverberated through thousands of students for years, and I wasn't aware that this was even happening until last year. I can't wait to tell you about it in five, four, three, two. Welcome to the Second Mix Podcast, where creators and aspiring entrepreneurs go to reflect, revise, and remix their lives and find the mindset they need to thrive without conforming. Nobody's better than you, nobody's smarter than you, and you don't need anyone's permission to succeed. My name is Matthew Bennett, and I was a miserable fool until I discovered all this stuff and changed my life. Now I'm passing it on and paying it forward. At the end of this episode, there's going to be a call to action to take some little step to remix your life. Take advantage of these exercises and watch things begin to change for you. In English class of my senior year in high school, we read parts of Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. In the beginning of the book that we were given, the famous prologue was written in Middle English. That's not quite Old English, but it's almost unrecognizable now. Our first assignment was to memorize the prologue in Middle English and then recite it in front of the class. It went something like, one that opera with his shortest so to the droke of March with Persid to the root and bothered every vine and switch the cour. That's kind of what it sounded like. I was a pretty poor student in general, but when I had to do any kind of a speech or get up in front of the class for anything, I would work double duty to make sure that I was prepared, possibly because I was so scared of embarrassment. In fact, I think the fear of embarrassment drove most of my life up until about a few years ago. Sitting in my room, working on this memorization, I realized I've got a keyboard with beats on it. I've written a few songs. This might be a lot easier if I could turn it into a song. This was around 1990, 1991, so rap was getting more and more popular, and this song seemed to lend itself well to rapping, so I played a beat on my Yamaha keyboard and got to work. When I was done, I recorded the whole thing with a tape recorder, put it on cassette, listened to it a few more times until I was confident that I had it and was able to speak the entire thing. The next day, I don't know why, but I took the tape with me to school. I don't remember my motivation at the time, except that I really wanted the teacher to know what I could do with music and how important that was to me. I handed him the tape. The following day during class, he called me up to his desk told me that I did excellent work and that he was going to give me an A for the assignment. I didn't have to say it in front of the class. I just got my A. I remembered thinking how cool that was. And he asked me if I minded if he played the tape in front of the class. And I said, okay. And then he asked me if he could keep the tape. And of course I said, yes. I graduated the next spring in the top 43% of my class and moved on with my life. In 2017, 27 years later, I got a message from a retiring teacher at that high school. She asked me if I was the Matt Bennett that recorded the prologue to the Canterbury Tales, or as they call it now, the Canterbury Tales rap. I said yes. She was retiring that year. She told me that she played a copy of that tape for students for that 
entire 27 years. And not only that, but all of the other English teachers had copies, and they had been playing the recording as well. My life moving along, and all the while this was going on, and I had no clue that it was happening. That's influence, and I was happy to hear that it was positive influence because I'm sure that I've done and said some things that reverberated equally in a negative direction. Now let me go back, not as far this time, and talk about a magic trick. In 2009, I was performing at restaurants professionally, and I always had a deck of cards with me because that helps get more work. If you show the right effect to the right person, you get the right gig. I had just finished playing music at a Thursday night open mic. Walking home, I ran into a group of people coming out of a gas station near my house, and we started chatting. We kept talking as we all walked, and they invited me up. I showed them a bunch of magic tricks with cards, and I ended with one of my favorites. I took a card out of the box, set it face down on the table, and I picked one guy and asked him to name any card. He named the card I set on the table. I said, I don't even want to touch it. You turn it over. He did, and the shock in the group was enormous. How did I do it? I can't tell you, but the method is so awesome. But let's fast forward to the year 2010. I got, in 2010, a small brain disease called spontaneously low CSF, which I may talk about at length someday. I had to get two blood patches. It was a minor surgery, I think. And a friend took me home after the, the second surgery, and I couldn't sleep, so I took a walk. I still had my hospital band around my wrist. On the walk, I ran into this guy that guessed the card a year ago. I hadn't seen him since the magic trick. He walked over to me, asked me how I was doing. He also asked about the hospital band. I told him that I had a small brain disease. He said, well, people like you can't do what you do without it taking some kind of toll, you know? So he thought the magic was real, and I let him believe it. I still don't know if that's the right thing or the wrong thing. But that magic lives on in that gentleman's mind. However, that's not the end of the story. He said, I've got something for you. And he reached into his pocket and pulled out this big silver belt buckle with a bejeweled revolver on the front of it. I didn't ask why. I should have asked why. Why did he feel the need to give it to me? Was he carrying it by chance? Or has he been waiting to see me? Why this thing that had nothing to do with magic, it had nothing to do with my relationship with this guy. By the following spring, I was living 500 miles away, and I haven't seen him since. I still have the belt buckle, and as far as I know, he still believes that I'm psychic and that it's taking a toll on my brain. These were little things. One decision that echoed in the halls of a school and is possibly still echoing, and one that echoed in the mind of a handful of people, especially one guy. I like to take a view of my life occasionally by picturing myself sitting in the sand in front of a small lake. Each action that I take in my life creates a ripple no matter what I do. Whether it's a word that I say or an action that I perform, it creates a ripple. I can't control the ripple effect. It's going to happen. What I can control is the vibe that I'm sending out with the ripple. Am I spreading positive energy or negative energy? How strong are my positive thoughts, words, and actions? How strong are my negative thoughts, words, and actions? And I conclude that I am going to do what I can to minimize the negative 
and maximize the positive for my entire life. It doesn't have to be an action like recording a song or doing a magic trick. It can simply be a kind word to someone who's been having a rough day. That kind of thing may be remembered forever. Or it may even be forgotten. But after your kind words, the person may have gone on to change someone else's day. And they may have gone on to change, you get the picture. I'm going to paraphrase Jim Rohn here and say that words are powerful. Words create light and they create life. What if someone can't possibly see how they could do well? And while you're talking to them, some things dawn on them. We can enlighten people so they are no longer in the dark. Where do your words go? What effect do they accomplish? In Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, the first agreement is to make your word impeccable. Make sure that you understand that your words really are like spells that can influence for good or bad. Make sure that the lake you are rippling is the kind of lake you would want to be swimming in because, like it or not, you really are swimming in that lake. In your reflection this week, run the tapes again of all the words you spoke for the last seven days and see where those ripples go. Did you positively influence people? Did you say things that were negative or hurtful or sarcastic? When you speak, you actively create your world. How can you change the things you say and do to positively influence people and your environment? Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll be here, positively speaking, every Monday and Thursday until people realize that mic drops are terribly hard on microphones. Thank you for listening to the Second Mix Podcast. Once again, I am Matthew Bennett. If you are on Apple, please give me five stars and leave a review. Whatever platform you use, you can subscribe to hear the latest episodes of the show. I answer every email sent to matt at secondmix.net, and I love to hear from listeners. If you know of anyone who will find this show helpful or useful, please share this with them. I can't reach them without your help. Take steps that will make your week incredible until we meet again. Keep reflecting, revising, and remixing your life. I'll see you soon.